Welcome to No Ad, No Problem, a podcast devoted to college tennis and growing the game. Check us out on Twitter at JTweetsTennis and Instagram at No Ad, No Problem. I'm your host, John. Let's serve it up. Hey, everyone. Congratulations to the University of North Carolina Tar Heels for capturing its first NCAA team title. The Tar Heels get a 4-1 win over ACC rival and avenge their only loss of the season to North Carolina State 4-1 in the women's final in Lake Nona at the USGA National Campus on a what turned out to be beautiful Saturday evening. On today's episode, it's going to be a short one, but it's just a quick reaction to that final that we saw between North Carolina and NC State. Again, just another solo pod. We will absolutely bring Ethan on to do more of a full recap of these finals that we are seeing both on the women's side and on the men's side, but wanted to get on and share my reaction, share my thoughts from last night's final. Let's start out with some of the atmosphere that we saw here with this final. Uh, The match got delayed about 30 minutes due to lightning. So the match started about 6 p.m. Unfortunately, during that time, the WTA final in Rome was still ongoing. So I believe the match began on T2, which is Tennis Channel uh, online streaming platform or TennisChannel.com, eventually got moved over to Tennis Channel. Again, a conversation for a different podcast, but the weather was beautiful. We got uh, the wind died down after that lightning delay. The cloud cover was much appreciated, and it was a really beautiful night for college tennis. And there were a lot of fans that turned out. One of the great things about the combined team and individual event is that for the team finals, you always get a lot of people turned out who are here for individuals, most notably the individual players and the coaches. But it kind of turns into sort of like a reunion feeling. And uh, it's it's certainly good vibes. Everyone is happy to be at the final site. And you know, we've talked about this before, but the North Carolina fans, they travel extremely well. They have some incredible uh, booster program. They bring out a lot of uh, you know interested parties they bring out their athletic director uh, other administration officials and they always bring out a ton of former alumni there are so many former players on this women's team who year after year show up you know in hopes that it is the year that north carolina gets over the hump uh, and they were certainly treated to that year in 2023 North Carolina's Jordan year. So North Carolina had a lot of really passionate, really invested and knowledgeable fans throughout, which I thought was incredible to see. A little disappointed in the NC State turnout, particularly because, you know, NC State has never been here before, certainly in tennis. It does not have as many ACC or NCAA titles across all sports as something like North Carolina. So this is a really, really big deal for both schools, but certainly for NC State as well. And didn't have the the pack turnout that I was hoping to see there. Um, but ultimately, I thought that there was uh, plenty of vocal pack supporters uh, that absolutely can make a difference. That's one of the beauties of college tennis, you know, whether you have a hundred disengaged fans versus you know five engaged fans those five engaged fans are going to make a big difference and certainly there were men's players out from the nc state team 
that were making a big difference. And all throughout singles, it, it continued to feel like a doubles point, right? People talk about how college tennis doubles point is one of the best parts of college tennis because the crowd is all concentrated. There's cheering across every court. And regardless of where you went and sat during singles, that atmosphere, that vibe carried out throughout the entire final, which was just so awesome to see. So that's a little bit on the atmosphere and kind of paint the picture of what we were treated to. Let's dive in with doubles. Coming into this match, I've talked about how North Carolina State is a very strong doubles program, but they have not looked that good in doubles this tournament. And that played out in the final against North Carolina. Now, North Carolina reimagined their doubles teams after losing the doubles point to NC State in the ACC tournament final completely switched up their doubles teams. They move Abby Forbes and Fiona Crawley to number one. They move Elizabeth Scotty and Carson Tangillig to number two. And then they have freshman Reese Brantmeyer partnered with Riley Tran at number three. I think it's fair to say that these doubles teams were reimagined with the NC State doubles pairs in mind, and it certainly paid off. I thought coming out of the gates, North Carolina again looked ready for this match in a way that NC State didn't quite look as ready. There was more energy from North Carolina, uh, particularly at the two and three spots. Now, I will say I thought Diana Schneider and Alana Smith, they looked to be having fun, enjoying the moment. That was not the case for number two doubles, NC State, Nell Miller and Amelia Rejecki, who, despite winning the All-American title last fall, had just not looked like that top doubles pair here in Orlando. They were down match points against Iowa State. They lost against Stanford, and they were losing from the first ball against Carson Tangillick and Elizabeth Scotty. I'll say this, and I tweeted this out. Based on the eye test, when I talk about these reimagined doubles pairs, what I'm really saying is that Elizabeth Scotty and Carson Tangillick are far and away North Carolina's best doubles pair. You have 2021 NCAA doubles champion Elizabeth Scotty partner with Carson Tangillick, who when it comes to doubles has all the skills needed. She's got a big serve, great hands. You know, they're, they are North Carolina's best doubles pair. Uh, surprisingly, they are at two, but that pays off. They beat Nell Miller and Emila Rejecki 6-1 to put a quick point on the board uh, within this doubles point for North Carolina. And then, you know, at number three, Reese Brantmeyer and Riley Tran were leading throughout that set. So things looked really good for North Carolina. Reese Brantmeyer and Riley Tran uh, are an interesting pair. In I think, you know, the thought here was Reese Brantmeyer with her serve, her forehand, her comf comfortability coming to net, the volleys, her at number three was kind of the cheat code for North Carolina. But both of these players in Riley Tran and Reese Brantmeyer can go off. They can start missing a lot of balls. You started to see that in this Texas match uh, at number three doubles, where they just were spraying a lot of ground strokes. That wasn't the case for this match yesterday. They were locked in. They were engaged. They were making a lot more balls. And they ultimately get the 6-4 win, uh, which was the clinch uh, at number three doubles. Uh, number one doubles had just gone NC State's way. Diana Schneider and Lana Smith pulled away there at number one over Fiona Crawley and Abby Forbes. And this, I thought, was one of the two inflection points of this match. And for North Carolina to take this doubles point, 
it felt like from there on, North Carolina was playing with house money because the recipe for this NC State team all tournament long is doubles and Diana Schneider. And they're going to go up a quick 2-0 because Diana Schneider is going to get off the court in about 35 minutes. And the pressure that that puts on these other schools to find four of the remaining five singles points is immensely high. And I talked about this in NC State Stanford match. When you saw NC State go up 2-0 and then immediately, not immediately, but shortly thereafter going up 3-0 with Gina Dittman, who had been rock solid for NC State, it's just... There, there's no margin for error if you're one of these other teams and you start to see that pressure creep in onto the shoulders of the opposing team. That's the recipe. It's not only the scoreboard pressure, but it's the emotional pressure that it puts on all of the other remaining singles players for the other team. For North Carolina to weather that storm, at that point, it felt like it was going to be downhill for North Carolina to kind of take this upset win to get the doubles point go into singles you know, 1-0, knowing that it was going to be very difficult for NC State to find four singles points. And even if they do get Diana Schneider off the court at number one, it's not a 2-0 advantage. It's 1-1. And so I thought that that was a huge, huge uh, momentum shift in North Carolina's favor. And then it was a question of how NC State bounces back in singles. And one of the disappointing things about this event is that the live scoring is horrible. The scoreboard on site is the worst you'll ever see. So sitting in the stands, it's really tough to track what's happening across all six courts because you can't see the individual court scoreboards from any given point in the stands. So it's tough to track momentum. I was centered more on the top three. Uh, so I knew what was happening kind of one through four, but really couldn't see five and six. And things up top went according to script. And you had you know Diana Schneider playing a really incredible match against freshman Reese Brantmeyer, who far and away gave Diana Schneider the best match of her tournament here. And that was extremely high quality tennis. That was WTA level tennis thought Reese Brantmeyer showed why she has been moved up to the number one position. Again, her, the weapons that she has still extremely raw as only being a freshman, but incredibly high upside for her. And it was also great to see Diana Schneider just so engaged in this match. The fist pumps, the commands, you could just feel that she knew she needed to get a point on the board for NC State. Incredibly high level match. At number two, this was one that you pretty much put in the North Carolina camp prior to this match, Fiona Crawley over Alana Smith. Uh, Fiona Crawley takes a quick 6-2 first set. And then the kind of key pivotal match at number three here, Carson Tangillig versus Amelia Rejecki. And this was a match that NC State took very comfortably in the ACC tournament final. Rejecki got the win over Carson Tangillig in a match that really announced how strongly NC State was arriving because Amelia Rejecki was able to get off the court so quickly with her weapons in that match in ACC final. She just overpowered Carson Tangillig. And based on doubles form, and again, I think something clicked with Carson in her match against Mel Riasco in the semifinals uh, of Georgia. She has not been playing her best tennis down the home stretch of this season. 
I'll tell you what, something clicked in that match against Georgia. I look forward to hope uh, to asking Carson about that moment because she started to play a lot better tennis. And you saw it in doubles as well. Just the the energy that she played with, the engaging of the crowd that she was doing in doubles. I tweeted this out after they won their doubles matches. You know, I, all the vibes were going towards Carson's way rather than Rejecki, who had been struggling uh, i would say with form in this tournament she did get the deciding clinch win over iowa state she was in a tough battle against angelica blake of stanford and you have to feel that ultimately some of those you know body blows that she took in the iowa state match in the stanford match certainly set her up to be um not at her 100 percent in this final and carson tangillig lost fairly easily to texas she um you know was up 6-0-4-1 in the second and third sets against mel riasco so she had had an easier stretch of it here in orlando and that certainly played a factor down the home stretch but carson took the uh first set 6-4 so up top it was momentum north carolina they were doing what you expected them to do at number two with fiona crawley and uh carson tangela being able to reverse that that first set right against NC State was a huge confidence booster for North Carolina. I then kind of roamed down to four through six, and I'm really glad I did because I mentioned the doubles point being an, an inflection point. It absolutely was, right? That was a huge momentum boost for North Carolina. But it's rare in such a in a final, in a match between two rivals, in a college tennis match that is always going to have so many momentum shifts. It's one of the beauties of college tennis. It is rare to be able to point to a single moment in a match that likely determined the entire outcome. And I believe pretty firmly that that moment happened on court four between Elizabeth Scotty of North Carolina and Abigail Rancelli of NC State. When I went down to four through six, Sophie Abrams of NC State at number five was up big against Riley Tran. She was up six four five one. You had Gina Dittman of NC State up six three three zero against Annika Yarlagata of North Carolina, and then you had Elizabeth Scotty and Renchelli battling again these players have played a few times in college tennis and they're always extremely close matches um they're 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 well matched and they were heading into a tiebreak and Abby Renchelli is up 6-3 in that tiebreak Elizabeth Scotty saves three set points some a little help from uh, uh, Renchelli in those points others incredible tennis from Scotty she ultimately comes away with the tiebreak 9-7. And that was the biggest inflection point of this match because what that meant was that North Carolina now had three first sets. Had Scotty lost that, NC State would have had four first sets, which would have been all they needed. And they were up big on five and six. And at that point, Diana Schneider had taken her first set. She was up a break in the second Felt like that was going to go NC State's way, and you could very clearly see a path for NC State to have three points on the board and now up a set on court four. Head Rinchelli taken that first set. So that was a massive moment for North Carolina, and you could see what that did for court five and court six. 
Uh, Annika Yarlagada on court six. Again, she was down 6-3-3-0 against Gina Dittman. She took a medical timeout at that moment in the match. That was around the same time that Elizabeth Scotty put that first set on the board. Annika Yarlagada comes back. She wins her second set 7-5 in a critical you know, second set to keep that match alive. Riley Tran, again, down 6 Four, five, one. About the same time, Scotty is clinching that first set. She comes back, claws her way back from a five-one deficit in that second set. She takes the tiebreak, seven-two in the second set, and had to feel for Sophie Abrams of NC State the aggression and the tennis that she had to go up six-four-five-one. Helped in part by a lot of Riley Tran errors, kind of dissipated you know, in that second set, and it started to all go Riley Tran's way. Once Tran and Yarlagata took those second sets, and Scotty had just took taken hers, I mean, that was a massive sigh of relief for North Carolina. And I felt like that really, really burst the bubble of NC State and that push that they had come out in singles with, particularly at four through six, North Carolina had weathered the storm. And at that point, it started to feel like this was going to be a race to clinch. Diana Schneider puts her point up on the board, 6-3, 6-4, over Reese Brantmeyer. Uh, then you had the match was tied at one all. You then had Fiona Crawley versus Alana Smith. Alana Smith was up 4-2 in her second set. Fiona Crawley gets it back. Fiona Crawley goes up 5-4. Uh, Alana Smith saves four match points against Crawley. Uh, Alana Smith has her own set point there at, I believe, 6-5 deuce. She loses it. She never recovers. She drops that uh, second set tiebreak, 7-2. So Fiona Crawley then gives UNC the 2-1 advantage. And this is where things felt like a race to the finish between Carson Tangillig and Elizabeth Scotty. Uh, five and six were kind of early in their third sets. And, you know, there's a moment where you think, hey, maybe, you know, Rejecki is able to to hold on or Rancelli is able to get a split. But Carson and Elizabeth Scotty both kept their nose out in front, those entire third set for Carson, respectively, and um, second set for Elizabeth Scotty. Carson goes up a break for two. Uh, Scotty had gone up a break uh, as well. And so at that point, it was a race to the finish. We almost got a simultaneous clinch. Elizabeth Scotty did get the third point on the board. She wins her match over Abby Rancelli, 7-6-6-3. All eyes, literally the next point, all eyes turn to Carson Tangillig, uh, who is uh, serving for it, 5-3. Uh, she hits a forehand winner to clinch North Carolina's first NCAA team title, give the Tar Heels a 4-1 win over NC State, and they become the first first-time winner in, on the women's side since Vanderbilt in 2015, uh, hosted by Baylor that year. And just an incredible moment for North Carolina, who has been, you know, in the later stages of this tournament, year after year, has been ranked number one, you know, every year over the past eight years. They finally get over 
you know, and they get that elusive NCAA team title. You could see the relief on everyone's face. There was a nice uh, embrace between head coach Brian Kalbus, head coach Simon Earnshaw. I was able to get that clip, tweeted that one out. And just an incredible moment for North Carolina, for women's college channels to see them get over the line. And the scary thing is all of these players for North Carolina are eligible to return next season, all seven of their starters. Now, you never know what will happen, particularly for players like Elizabeth Scotty, Annika Yarlagata, who would be using their fifth year if they were to come back. You never know how winning this team title, which they've been working so hard for over the last four years, how that changes their calculus, whether or not they're ready to move on with other aspects of life, whether Reese Brantmeyer, the freshman, has an outstanding summer and fall on the pro circuit and decides it's time for her to turn pro. So always too early to start speculating about 2024, but you know, some poetry here for North Carolina to win its first NCAA team title in their Jordan year, 2023, Michael Jordan's number, really special moment for North Carolina team, coach, team personnel fans, alums. It was a really special moment in Lake Nona on Saturday night. And on the flip side, tough loss for NC State, but what an incredible season, what an incredible journey and arc that this NC State program has gone on over the last, you know, five to seven years that Coach Earnshaw has been at the helm there, taking them from truly the bottom of the pack. Uh, of the ACC to being, you know, one of the best teams in women's college tennis and really dominating much of the headlines about college tennis this year with Diana Schneider at the top of the lineup. That program has come such a far, such an incredibly far way over the last few years. And it's a testament to what they've been able to build in Raleigh with Coach Earnshaw, Coach Dave Secker. So hats off to the NC State team for an incredible season. And they're not going anywhere. You have to believe, you know, I tweeted this out yesterday. NC State was the third first-time finalist that we had had in the past three years. So three straight years of first-time finalists. 2021 was Pepperdine, 2022 was Oklahoma, and 2023 was NC State. None of those teams were able to get over the hump and get the title and it's been a while, as we all know, for North Carolina, they made the final in 2014, and they don't get over the line until 2023. So I'm not saying it's going to be that long for NC State, but I do think you have to be in this moment at least once before you can turn around and get over the line. You've seen that on the men's side with Virginia in 2013 after making several finals. And we'll see if we see that again on the men's side here today with Ohio State men who are in their third final, are still looking for their elusive first title. So an incredible experience, a learning experience for this NC State program. It's great to see new teams at the final site, new teams competing for titles. And it's just great for women's college tennis to have such a diversity of teams that can compete for the biggest title in college tennis. So with that, a Congrats to both North Carolina and NC State for treating us with some incredible tennis this entire season. It was the, you know, round three tiebreak we were all looking for, and we got it. And the match certainly delivered absolutely the best match of these three matches that we had seen. So 
Congrats again to everyone involved. It was so special being there in person for North Carolina's first team title. And that wraps today's show. I will get this up as soon as possible, and we will head out to the men's final, where we will see again if Ohio State can follow in the footsteps of North Carolina and take its first men's team title. With that said, thanks again to all of you who have said, hey, on site. It's been so fun to chat with everyone. And if you are here for individuals or for the men's final, I will be out as well. So look forward to chatting with you all again. Congrats to North Carolina, their first NCAA team title 4-1 over NC State as they are the University of National Champions, finally in women's college tennis. Thanks, everyone.